I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Alabama's hunting region lies above the coastal plain and below the Appalachian foothills, stretching across the state through 23 counties, so named because of the nutrient-rich soil. Alabama's Black Belt was once an agricultural epicenter. This fertile habitat is known to produce high-quality whitetails, making Black Belt deer hunting a desirable outing among hunters across the globe. In fact, the Alabama Black Belt hunting and fishing opportunities bring an estimated $1 billion dollar and economic impact in the state, sustaining 11,000 jobs. Both wildlife managers and sportsmen alike recognize that the area consistently produces great weights and excellent antler characteristics in white-tailed deer, placing black belt hunting on the radar for those of those seeking bucks for their trophy collection. This week, we're recording at the beautiful Piney Woods Hunting Lodge in Eufaula, Alabama. We've got a lot of unfamiliar voices and a few you've heard before here this week, so I'm going to let everyone introduce themselves uh, around the table as if we're dealing cards. So... Go ahead. Jordan Spencer, Common Man Outdoors, a.k.a. Big Red, a.k.a. Magnum Savage, a.k.a. Ginger Viking. Ginger Viking. Viking. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I got a little bit of everything yeah. going. Go ahead, Jay. Jay Stone, I'm a guide here at Piney Woods, I think. I might have got fired last year, but um, I'm involved with, uh, with Common Man Outdoors, and uh, that's my deal. So, go ahead, Zach. I'm Zach Barnes. Uh, I'm one of the guides at Piney Woods Hunting Lodge, and uh, I guess you could call me one of the head chefs at <laughs> Piney Woods Lodge, according <laughs> to some hunters. That's right. I'm Keith Wade. I'm the owner of Piney Woods Hunting Lodge in Eufaula, Alabama. I'm Shane Rudd. I'm from Virginia, and I'm freelance videographer here with the Ginger Viking Common Man Outdoors. And Shane is single and looking. Nope. As long as you <laughs> are feeling negative backup. You know, we, we tried that for the longest time. We first started this out for Briar, and it didn't work out for him either. Of course, he's a lot scarier looking than you are. And that says a lot. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Plenty of faces for radio around here. <laughs> I'm trying to get Shane. Hey, what you talking about? <laughs> Jay. <laughs> <laughs> face only a mama yeah she she don't even love me (laughs) i'm trying to find shane a girl in florida so he has to move down there stay closer to me i need camera guy down there that is terrible he's too busy for me all the time (laughs) no no i'm uh i'm not looking right now too too busy catching fish and and hunting deer and and all that hopefully get down there and duck hunt in florida with you yeah we'd love to have you down there that's the way to be, though, you know? I mean, women are great, and I love my wife and my kids, but, man, it's a whole lot easier if you don't have to deal with any of them. Right. Especially when you want to go hunting, you know? Yeah. You just leave and go. But, but I tell you, that's one of the greatest things is hunting with your kids, though. Yeah. I love is. taking my son out hunting. I look to get look forward to getting my daughter out this year. And my son doesn't quite know what to think about it yet, and I was talking to him about it the other day. I said, what do you think uh, What do you think if we take your sister to the hunting camp this year? Well, she's too little. I said, boy, you were going with me when you were that age. No, I wasn't. Well, you, you, how are you going to tell me you weren't there when you were two years old? I loaded you in the car and drug you along with me. That's one of the things about here at Piney Woods with Keith and uh, the owner here. He he, uh, he enjoys that, you know, get you a kid in here to go hunting. And 
and it, apparently the rules go out the windows because you know he just still you go out and shoot anything that's legal you know let that little kid kill one you know which is is gorgeous Keith just took us for a tour of this property what do you think i think Keith should adopt me <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can after you're 19. I hate we'll it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> he identifies as 19 yeah, years old. There you go. I'll tell you, we've had a lot of kids come here and kill their first deer. Bird hunting. A lot of them done that first time. Uh, we've had adults come first time, but I'm, it's just awesome when kids come and do that. And My granddaddy used to say, uh, if you take a kid hunting and you hunt him when he's little, you don't have to hunt him when he's older. And that's true. You know where they are. They're hunting and fishing. You don't have to look for them. So that's a, that's a good thing to live by. A lot of parents, they need to spend time with their kids. When they're 20, they're gone. You know, so can't take it back. That's, that's like my little boy. He He loves to hunt with me, but he really loves fishing. And you think you put him in the boat, you think you've got Bill Dance in there because he'll tell you, <laughs> Like, oh, well, cast your pole over there by the lily pads. You probably got some bluegill sitting over there. They're not over there. I said, son, they're over here, Dad. <laughs> he don't catch nothing there either, but he's adamant that he knows what he's doing. That's like a story Keith was telling about fishing with Ethan Green. Running to him. Fish right here. How do you know? Because we're in the lake. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. We're in the water. They fish. <clears throat> so, Keith, tell us a little bit about the history of uh, – the, the land here well this is uh my great granddad's place uh, we've been here a long time it's amazing to me when you think back about all the old folks and how they work to keep it take it and take care of it and you know uh i think that's all that me being a granddad now that's all you want is for somebody to love it and care about it and and carry it on so uh I'm blessed to have that, and I hope my ancestors are are proud of it, you know. So, they just ain't nothing better than having a little land of your inheritance, you know, and something that you, you got a connection with your family. How long so, you, how long y'all had this place, Keith? Uh, best I can, I've done a lot of genealogy work, and it's been in the family since the 1850s. That's a good so, little bit. Yeah. And place next door that was my grandma's people's place. Uh, it's about 1832, so Barbara Cannon's made a can in 32. So they were here, you know, from the beginning. So that's pretty neat, you know. Is uh, Zach Zach? How long y'all had y'all's place? Uh, ours was bought in 1837. 1837. So y'all got some roots that run pretty deep here. Yeah. And what's interesting is we have all our original deed information, and I guess paper was in such shortage back in the day uh, they just crossed out the name of the county that it originally was and they just wrote in barber county next to it i think they're still yeah. doing that down in henry county well, <laughs> you know, uh, henry county covered about five or six mm -hmm. counties seems like maybe five counties something like that so zach's right about that yeah. whenever whenever those people come here it wasn't even barber county mm -hmm. you know so it's just neat it don't seem like a long time, but it was a long time, you know. So it's always been farming and been in our heritage. So mm -hmm. that's how I got in the hunting business. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Keith, I've known him for a number of years now, and he's a, he's a good steward of the land, you know. So he's got some good bucks and some great, great land. Beautiful place. Some you know? great, great bucks. Yeah. I mean, you just look at the wall here surrounding us. 
Yeah, he's about 4,000 pounds of bone hanging in here, you know. <laughs> so. I used to have an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, how'd you cure it is the question. <laughs> I don't figure he has. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? Uh, you you love going and love doing it, and then you get to a point in your life when you love taking other folks and, and doing it, whether it's your kids, your grandkids, your friends. Your adopted clients. kid. Yeah. Your grown-up <laughs> redheaded stepchild. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't <laughs> moved in it? here. <laughs> uh, That's funny. I mean, you know, and uh, my family, were they were people, people. So, you know, I always shared it and – had people over. We always were cooking and had family and friends. And I, I'd same way. You know, you talk about how you're glad to be here this weekend. Appreciate it, but that's just what we do. I mean, I enjoy it. it gives me a break from reality. You know, and uh, you know that's a fact. When I started guiding here a number of years ago, you know, dinner get cooked, and all of a sudden there'd be four or five six trucks show up you know and everybody to eat fellowship and hang out and uh, you know got to meet a bunch of great people that just from the community you know come over here to eat and just visit you know yep well, and some good food man it'll knock your socks off I'm oh that's the truth we needed those four or five six trucks and how food <laughs> made just for us yeah man uh, you ain't going hungry i'm swole up like a tick right now <laughs> you know keith that was something like i was talking to you about earlier today i grew up spending most of my years hunting and made some of the best hunting memories I've, I've ever made hunting about an hour east of here in Blakely, Georgia. And I haven't hunted ground that looks like that in, in quite a few years, like it does here. Just that thick red clay and the big heavy hardwood bottoms and stuff like that. And being here over the last few days has really just brought back a lot of memories for me. And it's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And got to jerk some bass lips down there in the lake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We had a good old time. Yeah. I caught plenty of logs. <laughs> <laughs> you need somebody to go out there and find the stumps for you, you just hand me that bait caster and worm, I'll find them for you. <laughs> I fought one of them logs for a solid two minutes there one day. <laughs> you ain't holding your mouth right. <laughs> yeah. I, I swear, I felt uh, I had a hit, and I set the hook real hard, and I reeled a couple times, and then I said, hi, Dang it, Jay says, you hook another log? I said, yeah. You <laughs> just caught a limb brim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ethan caught a bunch of limb brims yesterday. Did he? <laughs> That's funny. That first bass I caught down there, I caught on that little beetle spin on that spinning rod because Jay was thinking that it was bluegill hitting this dang worm because they kept just bumping it, bumping it, bumping it. So I want to throw that beetle spin. Sure enough, about a pound and a half, just waylaid that beetle spin. Yeah. Yeah, might have been, might have been trying to run you off the bed, you know. Mm -hmm. All you gotta do is aggravate them enough, you can find it. I just keep when one hits it, I just keep throwing it right there, throwing <laughs> it right there, but just make him mad enough that he eats it. So. Yeah. We got some beautiful bass down there. You can catch eight and ten pounder, you know. Oh yeah. But them five and sixes and sevens, they we catch a lot of them. There's a plethora of them in there. So I can tell you, you, go down there on the right day. I mean, you can, it's like you can pull seven or eight out real quick. Oh yeah, so <clears throat> that's fun. Yeah, y'all do some quail hunting here too, don't you? Yeah, that's that's what when I grew up on this farm, we raised hogs and peanuts, and uh, all my granddaddy believed in was work. That's all he cared about. That was his whole life was work, and. Uh, 
he would bird hunt. That was the only hobby he had. And so we worked six days a week. But when bird season started, we would um, Saturday afternoon, we'd knock off at lunch. And me and him would bird hunt. He always had a couple bird dogs. So there was about 21 cubbies within five-mile radius of this farm. And, uh, I mean, there was plenty of birds, you know, back then. And so we bird hunted, and uh, that's that's what I grew up doing. I learned how to deer hunt on my own. I learned how to squirrel hunt on my own because my, my mom and dad were divorced, so my granddad didn't do nothing but bird hunt. So I cannot tell you how many big deer I missed as a kid because I didn't have anybody to teach me or show me. My rifle I had, it wasn't sighted in. You know, I didn't know, didn't. He just said, here, boy, here's a good rifle, you know. And, uh, man, I missed some big ones. And so, you know, I learned some things from some friends of mine. And and uh, when I got grown and, and got a family and had a son, I said, I can promise you this. My son won't, he won't have to learn it like I did. I'm going to teach him, you know. And I just kind of took that initiative with a lot of kids, you know, just uh, – Learn from my mistakes. You know, I learned the hard way. Because I'm going to tell you, there's some good deer in here, but there's two or three in my life when I was young that would uh, dwarf anything in here. You know, I mean, just massive. But I didn't have nobody teach me how to how to, how to do it, you know. So, a lot well, of shooting and missing. I'll tell you what, man. If they were bigger than some of these in here, I'd, oof, oh, yeah. I'd have fell out of mm-hmm. the tree. Well, back then we had a lot of peanuts, a lot of soybeans growing in the area, you know. And, uh, I mean, man, this area has great genetics. We have great genetics. And uh, you can see that with the genetics that we have, which is year after year, those same genetics are here. So we've got great genetics. So Yeah, I mean, I've been hunting here for, I'm, for my whole, pretty much my whole life, you know. I'm, 40, 45 years I've been here with my dad, you know, hunting. I mean, there's some good bucks here. Yeah. Good genetics, good bucks. <clears throat> you know, it surprised people, like, when those guys come down from Pennsylvania, we was filming that turkey hunt. You know, they were surprised at what the size of the deer and the size of the horns, and, you know, they just couldn't believe it, you know, down in the south like this, deep south. Yeah. You know, but the black belt's got some good deer. Yeah. I mean, it's if you let a deer get four years old, they're 200 pounders, you know. I mean, we killed that, that one deer on the wall right there. He weighed 263. Goodness. 264. And he's six a year old deer. He's 160 plus inches. 164 inch, 165 yeah. inch yeah. deer. And that's the hardest part of hunting down here is to get people to realize that we have these genetics and you need to leave them alone. Yeah. You got to let them grow. Just give them a few years. Mm-hmm. That's right. But, you know, we. We're lucky we got we've got a lot of our neighbors on the same page with us. We got a couple that aren't. We're working on them, so but we got some great genetics, great size deer. So I mean that's pretty good. Anywhere you go and kill a deer over two hundred pounds and one sixty, one seventy range deer. Yeah, I you mean, can't beat that. No, I'm gonna tell you now. You know, <laughs> I have to say that that letting deer grow that's becoming more of a a mainstream thing. Mm-hmm. It's still. You still have those people that will tell you, well, you can't eat the horns. 
I'm like, well, yeah, you're exactly right. You can't eat the horns. <laughs> so why would you shoot a little deer with little horns? Why not shoot the bigger body deer? Even if it does have bigger horns, what's it matter to you? Because you can't eat the horns. Get more meat. That's right. I'm trying to get better at that. <laughs> yeah. I, George, shoot, I shoot whatever gets me excited in the moment. George's got a problem with shooting does, which I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with it. But I'm gonna tell you, his mouth starts watering mm-hmm. like he was saying. Oh, yeah. I had you. I, I won't look twice at a good doe. <laughs> That's it. I I have always, even in the middle of the rut, I, I've shot does that when I hunted up in Kentucky. I've shot a doe, watched her lay there, and a buck come behind her and smell her, yep. laying there on the ground. Yep. It's uh. Yeah, I shot a doe number of years ago i'd shot a big old buck down and i got down and drug him up and old doe come up in there and started stomping at him and trying to get him up i turned around and she was left-handed you know i turned around and popped her yeah i had two of them laying there dad got to that dad got down there to me he was mad at me he's like why you do that boy i said well she stood there too long <laughs> florida hunter <laughs> i knew he was gonna say that dude. <laughs> Hey, down there, we got a table we can get. I now. know. Y'all come up here, it's like being in a candy store. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> they get on to you about worrying about messing up your buck hunt if you shoot a doe early or something like that. I don't know. That doe stands in front of me too long. Bird <laughs> in the hand, let's kill her. That's I, I, I do not disagree with you. You know, I had a guy come up here one time from West Palm Beach. He had hunted in the Corbin area. Corbin Wild, I think that's what it is, Corbin yeah, Wild. Yeah, that's exactly right. He said that he had hunted there seven or eight years, and the only deer he ever saw was a little spike that somebody else had killed. It was on the back of a truck. Yeah. And he come up here, and he just like the first morning, he saw 15 or 20 deer, you know, and he just, I mean, he was, I mean, he was like he had took a drug, you know I mean? He just couldn't believe it. And it's like, I'm like, yeah, and that probably used to be that way down there, you know, but. Yeah, they've they've turned a lot of woods into concrete, like Jordan was saying a few weeks ago. You know, they've they've turned a lot of woods into concrete down there. It's uh it's getting tough, but I was lucky enough to have a dad that owned property up here in Alabama when I was a little kid. So I've been hunting up here a long time, and it's it's uh I go back down to Florida and I'm like man, I just need to get back up there to Alabama. All them guys from Virginia are moving down to Florida. Cutting our that, down that, and putting pavement that in. That's dirty, Jordan. Why are you gonna do that? <laughs> Don't look at me. That ain't my, that ain't my group. <laughs> you can get you can get some big rack, some good rack bucks in Florida too. And there's a lot of wildlife management areas that have proven that. Rock Springs being one of them, right in the Central Florida area, they consistently every year harvest a good buck out of there. Oh yeah. Nothing like the bodies you see on the deer up here. But good racks, mm-hmm. and that just comes from the fact that there's, you know, limited hunting pressure on a lot of those places. But those places where they run wild, like Green Swamp and Green Ocala Swamp. National Forest, it's hard to find a good deer in there. And it, it goes based on the mentality, well, if I don't shoot it, somebody else will. Yeah, that's exactly what happens down there. Which yeah. isn't isn't necessarily, it's not wrong to think that way, because you're, you're not wrong by thinking that way. But if we could all switch away from that mentality we'd start seeing a better quality, better caliber of deer coming out of there. Yeah. And the perfect example of that is you go and look at Ocala National Forest now versus Ocala National Forest 15 years ago, back when it was five inches, you know, or, or just had to be a horned buck and you could shoot it. Well, now you've got to shoot 
I want to say it's a, you got to have at least a six point. Yeah, it's got to be it's it's got to be two on one side or better now. Yeah, you know, and you're which, seeing a lot more sixes and little basket eights yeah. and stuff like that everywhere, and they're just implementing those management practices and it's making a better quality deer. And I don't understand why some people can't just get that get that through their head just a little bit. And mm-hmm. like I said, I, I get it. You, you you can't eat the horns, and people want to go out there and hunt for meat. But I tell you one thing, I've seen here with that. Um, you know, Barber County's got three on one side for two deer, and then the other one's got to be four on one side. And then uh, it's the only county that did that right here. And you got Henry County next to us. They can still shoot uh, two spikes. Yeah, you can ground check You can shoot a two spike, and then the other one's got to be three. So I own the processing place here. So I see it because those deer – Coming from Henry County, they'll still be shooting spikes, bringing them up here. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of misinformation years ago. I remember articles being written about how if you saw a spike, you need to kill it. Once a spike, always a spike. People had that mentality. A lot of people still have that because that's the way they were taught. Well, dealing with the high fences and those things, things like that that we, that we have now where we have deer captive, we know that stuff's not true. So some of that education was bad education. And uh, I hate to say it, but it came from professionals that, you know, thought they knew, but they didn't. So it's trying to, the best thing is to educate people and let them know. I mean, there's a lot of cold deer out there you need to shoot, but you need to know what a cold deer is. And uh, I try to help people with that at the processor. And with the hunting lodge, you know, try to show them what's about, what 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 we do have, and try to show them what the difference is, you know. So, if you want to, you know, somebody just wants to kill deer, there's deer that that need to be shot if you're trying to grow trophies. So you just need to know that. <coughs> so what is it? What is a cold deer? Well, bad genetics. Um, you see these deer with funky horns and. One side's messed up, and, you know, they don't grow right. Um, Last year, I think we killed a prime example. We had a hunter out behind the house, and uh, on I want to say his right side, there's just a massive, solid, heavy four points. One side is just a little curly Q shish kebab type deal. And uh, sometimes they can break a horn off and deform something. I think that was the second year. Yeah. We'd had him on camera, so that's, that's all he was thing. ever going to be. It's having pictures. Mm-hmm. You got pictures of those deer, you can study them. You see two or three years in a row what that deer looks like. You don't want that deer breeding because those genetics pass on. I've noticed bad genetics pass on a lot better than good genetics do a lot of times. So, um, I've even seen guys shoot deer and bring them in with one horn where they broke the other horn off. So they think something's wrong with that deer. Man, no, man, them deer are just crazy. They just beat up on one another and break the horn off. Don't shoot that one horn deer. Let him, you know. I mean, give him a pass, man. Yeah, give him a mean, chance. Give him a chance. <laughs> don't, you punish know. Him. don't punish him for it. <laughs> yeah. So, it's just not knowing. I, I think a lot of people just don't know. But there's a lot of misinformation. Like, uh, believe everything you read on the internet, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you can't, I mean, you can't blame the people from back then because it's an ever-evolving science and you got to keep that in mind that just because even what we think right now to be correct 20 years from now we could learn something mm-hmm. totally different 
and yep. it's always going to change, and we're never going to completely figure it out. we got to work on the best of the knowledge we have at hand, but you also got to keep in mind is that that knowledge is growing deeper and deeper and deeper every single year. Yeah. Well, like I say, high fences, I think, have helped us a lot because we're able to see those deer, study those deer. Cameras have helped. You know, I, me and Zach, we see pictures of the same deer year after year. We know what we – you have those homestead deer. You have deer that just pass through, you know, deer you've never seen before. I mean, so that kind of stuff really helps. So. That's what I was going to bring up the high fence. Yeah, Piney Woods this year has got a high fence going. He took Jordan and Shane over there and rode around a little bit today, and I was going to ask, you know, what y'all thought about that place, what's it look like, you know, because they're starting to sell hunts on it. Yeah, it looks good. I, I think it's important for everyone to know that y'all do both free range and high fence. Yeah, we do. We talked a couple times about high fence, and I don't want that to get, you know, what they think that's what it is here. You have free range, and, and these deer that we've been talking about have all been shot on free range here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, is that a beautiful piece of property. Uh, inside there, driving through, the, the bottoms look good, great bedding areas. You got pine woods then you go into hard timber and what you guys call those bottoms i call mountains where i'm from <laughs> you wouldn't think you're in a high fence you would not think in you're there. in a high fence and when you're driving through there if you didn't see the fence it they, y'all done a really good job managing that land for yeah. sure we got 3500 acres of just open range hunting land that we have packages for we have two or three different high fences if that's what you want to do and I mean, you don't know you're in a. People think that it's shooting fish in a barrel. It ain't. It's hunting. You can go there and not kill nothing. I mean, they're massive. It's just what, what whatever you want to do. What are you looking for? You know, I tell everybody about a high fence. Basically, it's keep your neighbors from shooting those young deer. They get to grow. You get to see what they are. So it just depends on what you want. You know, turkey hunts, hog hunts, fishing trips. Uh, it's we a, got it all. It's a one-stop shop, man. Yep. We've got a tower for tower shoots, uh, pheasant tower shoots. And on top of that, the food is awesome. Just yes, saying, sir. not to get back to the food. <laughs> I, <laughs> the food is good, man. I did the one thing I didn't need to do when I came up here, which is I know I gained weight while we were here. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the the food has been absolutely wonderful. I went to uh, have my physical last week. He comes in, he says, Man, you gained a lot of weight. I'm like, dude, do you know what I do for a living? I mean, <laughs> come on, man. I mean, I'm going to gain weight. God yeah. didn't want us all to be skinny. And then, you, and then you got you got Zach throwing down the damn cooking, you know. <laughs> it's just awesome, man. It is awesome. You know, the, the whole point of this is you come here, you, you're paying for the experience. You're paying for the retreat. We're going to take care of you. We're going to feed you. Uh, we're going to look after you. When you're here, your group is the only group here. We don't book two or three groups or anything. We cater to you. And um, killing something, that's the icing on the cake. I mean, it's hunting. I, I don't sugarcoat anything to anybody, you know. I mean, it all depends on the weather. It depends on the deer. It depends on if you can stay off your telephone, you know. I mean, there's so many factors. But you've got a good chance of killing something trophy in this area. And uh, we've been doing it since 94. We we try to manage everything we got. We try to give you that opportunity. But you're going to know when you leave from here 
you've been taken care of, you know. That's the main thing. Yeah, just don't come back from your stand in the morning knowing that it, we know that your phone is 100%. You come back, and you're looking for a place to plug it in because we know now, we, we right then, you've been looking at your phone. You know, Sunday or Saturday night, you know, afternoon, people go hunting, and they come back, and their phone's dead. Well, they've been watching college football and won't tell us something about not, kill, not seeing no deer. Well, you're a liar. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you what. The smartphone has saved more deer than any yes, unsighted is. gun or I, anything else. I think, I, I think PETA created the smartphone. Uh, I tell, I've been telling everybody that, that the, the phone is saving a lot of deer's lives. It sure is. So. But you, you get what you pay for. So. <clears throat> so, Jordan, talking about all this hunting, you know, and your new show coming out and whatnot. What y'all got going on this year? I already told you. I done moved in here. I ain't leaving. <laughs> Finally, was hunt lodge. Yeah, how many deer can you kill in Alabama? It depends on what Keith lets you shoot. <laughs> we <laughs> no, we uh, we got a, a few hunts that's exciting. But I'm going to South Dakota for the first time. Uh, just got invited to go out there. Uh, I go to Michigan every year, so I'll be going back up to Michigan. Try to be here for opening day of bow season. Hopefully that works out. And then. Uh, we got Texas, Jay. You're going to Texas with me. Yeah, that's going to be a good hunt, man. It's always fun. The ranch owners done said we can, it's a free-for-all. You mm -hmm. got to get rid of some does. That's right. We got we kind of got a lot of variety going up, uh, several deer hunts, and then we got a couple gator hunts, and then we'll shoot every hog we see. What uh, what You got any hunts set up with Martin, Martin Bows this year? Or? Yeah, we're trying to go to Kentucky together. Kentucky. Yeah, so we'll do uh, Kentucky, Kentucky early season velvet. Um, and then we'll try and do a South Carolina hunt together. And they're going to come down next year and, and hog hunt and fish with me and do that stuff as well. Well, you got to get, get them come down turkey hunt so we can pull that joke on them oh, with yeah. the tennis courts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they seen that, though. <laughs> Did they? But I don't think they would remember nah, next year. We'll be all right. We'll, we'll tell them we're somewhere else. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to pull that one off. <laughs> I wanted to save that for Tombo if he came back to Florida next year in turkey hunted with who, us. who are you going to south dakota with what's that uh yeah i just got invited out there uh with tyler jordan and brian brown so tyler jordan them's going to 7j in wyoming they do that every year um them david blanton goes martin and godwin from duck dynasty kip with red arrow goes out there and then tyler's just got married not too long ago so his season's gonna be short his days on the road i think he's got to go home right after that but i'm gonna meet with brian brown in south uh, south dakota nebraska right after that shane home. are you going out there to film it flying jay with uh kip Reddit seven jay with Kip? no Reddit. i'm not going out there um with him this year um i'm going to i'll be in texas with him i think again possibly maryland um, I got a week with him in November and December, or a couple couple trips booked with him, but Seven J not this year. You gonna maybe maybe with uh maybe with Jordan. You gonna you gonna film the Texas hunt? With I'll us? be I'll be in Texas. I'm have my spurs ready. Right on. Snake boots, all that. We gonna do deer rodeo. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, Shane's filming quite a bit with us. Shane and I have filmed with a lot of the same crews. Between Red Arrow and Buck Commander, who else you work with? Um, Red Rising. Red Rising. Um, me and uh, Josh Bartland, which no one knows Josh Bartland. He's been in the industry for a while. He 
worked with Red Arrow for a long time. Um, how'd, how'd you meet him, Jordan, through Red Arrow? I met Josh through Red Arrow. Josh saved. I don't know what that is either. Oh, that's Shane, rookie podcaster, kicking that's the made. table. We're all trying to figure out what the heck's that noise. I'm under pressure. Can't take kids anywhere. No, no. So, but, but Josh, Josh Bartley's one of the most talented guys in the industry that I know of, and we met and uh, became good friends after that. And Josh saved a whole shoot of mine. We got in a situation where we were filming at a Trace Atkin concert to do a reveal for this guy that was winning an elk hunt dream elk hunt lifetime and we had a camera messing up and uh for y'all that know what cameras are we had uh we couldn't adjust our white balance it was locked up couldn't adjust the camera settings so i was like dang i don't know what to do it's like well i know somebody that might i called josh i said hey this 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 has happened he's like man that happened to me before give me two minutes i said that's all you got he's walking on stage in five he called me back in two minutes, fixed that camera over his phone for us, and we filmed the concert and everything. He's a talented dude, but, but yeah, Josh is good. Uh, so I met Josh quite a few years ago. Shane's been working with Josh, and so now Shane's working with us a little bit too. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Some of that footage that Shane got this weekend with uh, Ethan Green, uh, some of that cinematic stuff he did mm-hmm. that I got to look at this morning, man, it was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, that man. was a uh, that was a morning that that we all wished to film in, like that sunset. I mean, sunrise with that boat going out in the fog, coming off the water. That was that was beautiful. I'll and, tell you uh, that we got some we got some good footage on the water, uh, catching all them fish. But me catching all them fish. Well, I was gonna say I don't <laughs> yeah. think I can I say don't know how many Ethan caught. I know who's writing the the paycheck. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I caught a pile of them. Y'all gonna see an episode. I caught a pile yeah. of them. I tell you what, that he shot. He caught one or two, I think. That shot that you got at Ethan, man, through with, with his sunglasses, with with Jordan sitting there, you know, in, in the reflection. Yeah, man, that was great. It, he was getting a little nervous with the camera pointed at him because I think I think you said he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to expect with the yeah. camera guy being on the boat. I could tell he, he didn't, he didn't know, want to look at the camera. He didn't know what to do with the superior fisher in the boat. No. We're going to keep going to that, are <laughs> Now, for y'all that don't know who Ethan Green is, you should check him out. He's uh, EG Fishing. EG Fishing, that's right. He fishes on the Toyota Series with the Major League Fishing, MLS Toyota Series, I believe it's called. He also guides here, Lake Eufaula. He helps me with the hunting lodge. Yeah, he's starting his own YouTube channel. I talked him into it, told him he needs to get it. But, uh, man, he's a good stick. We're kind of busting his balls a little bit, but. I've had the privilege of fishing with a lot of people through Hank. And uh, what I notice that he picks up on is he don't care what bait. There's a lot of times people will say, well, I'm going to throw this in the morning, and they'll stick with it. And he'll he'll adjust throughout the day, and he's going to fish whatever is catching the fish. So, you know, Carolina rigs like an old man kind of fishing technique, but that's what we had to do there in the afternoon to catch these bass, and he – he figured it out. That's what they, he had to do, and he started pulling in some big ones. Yeah, Ethan's savvy, man. He's a good kid. He's yeah. a good kid. But what I told him, I learned this from Hank. I said, Ethan, no matter what you do, I edit, so I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> you want one fish to be showed on the episode? I got to catch two. You know, the thing about Ethan, he's a likable kid. He is. And, uh, he's genuine. 
you know, it just he's what he is, and um, all that boy has ever cared about is fishing. He's wanted to be a pro fisherman since he was seven or eight years old. That's all he wanted to do. Um, his dad, he, he's, uh, he's always had it in his blood, and uh, I can remember him telling me when Ethan's little bitty thing, and they were gonna go fishing. He said that. It didn't matter what time they were supposed to get up and leave, 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock, whatever, 3.30, wherever they was going. He said when he got up and got ready and he left his bedroom, he, when he opened the bedroom door, he said Ethan would be standing at that door. Just standing there in the dark, already ready to go, just standing at the door. Wait, no, he said it didn't matter what time it was. On go. Yes, sir. He's still and, on uh, go. Yeah, and he, I remember him telling me about going to Gunnersville with him when he was a little bitty kid, and um, that Ethan got up 4 o'clock in the morning, gets Heath up, and he's like, he's ready to go, and he's like, we ain't been on this lake. I'm not going out there before daylight and run over something, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said, that kid was just up on go, ready to go, you know? So, I mean, that's, he's always had it in his blood, and he wants to do it. I mean, he's got the drive. and He does. He's got the talent, too. Yeah. I mean, he's he's – He's he's a good he's a good angler man. Yeah, like, you could tell he's ate up with it. I, we had a fun time on the boat with him, and and like I said, we're kind of joking around here. He spanked me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he's got it figured out. So your Lake Eufaula update is: we were catching them on shaky heads, and then uh, about 14 foot of water, he's catching them on crankbaits, deep dive crankbaits, and then towards the end of the afternoon, Carolina rig, he wore them out. Yeah. So if you're looking you. to go fish out there, give him a call. He'll guide you and put yeah. you on him. Yeah, book Ethan. I mean, I every, well, every time I'm up here with my son, I book him to take my son fishing. And, I mean, they go out there and hammer him, you know. We'll link yeah. him down in the podcast description so you guys can find that down there. It'll be easy enough. You don't have to go look him up. You just scroll down to the bottom, and there it'll be for you. And Ooh. if he was here, he'd say, if you're looking to sponsor anybody, mm-hmm. I'm available. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's after He's, you sponsor common man outdoors it ain't cheap none of it is. easy now all it right ain't cheap. that's after you sponsor under pressure outdoors yeah, yeah. yeah hey it ain't cheap none of it yeah ethan was supposed to be here with us but something got him tied up and he couldn't make it back down here to be He's on probably fishing he probably, that's what I was thinking. He was like, man, it's calm. It's He's all upset that I wore him they out last year. dam and the water's moving. I'm going mm-hmm. fishing on, so, you know. They're gonna be on that podcast. But. So Keith, tell me about the bird hunting you got going on out here. Um, well, we do quail hunts. Uh, I started 1994 is when I started taking people hunting, and um, we've been doing bird hunts ever since. Uh, that's what I grew up doing, so that's what I knew how to do. Well, that's what I knew how to do when I got started, better than I did anything else. So. Quail hunts and deer hunts what I started with. And um, got bird dogs. We got a kennel. Whole 16 dogs. We've had 20 or 25 in it. Um, man, I tell you, ain't nothing like it. We got a, a pheasant tower. We can put pheasants out or we can do tower shoots. Put chuckers out. We put chickens out if you want to hunt them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever you want. They get eaten. Hey, I'll I love- tell you a little story about that. <laughs> so I used to take some folks from chicken plant, you know, uh, bird hunting, vendors and stuff, bring them. This one guy had never been bird hunting before. So he was coming. He was a vendor. So 
they had a prize uh, bird. Whoever killed this prize bird on the bird hunt uh, was going to get, I don't know, whatever it was. You get, I think it said 50 bucks or something. It's one of them things, gentleman's thing they talked about. But little, little did he know, they brought a white chicken. <laughs> I can't even remember what they told him it was. It was some kind of bird that was only native here, and it was only a few of them. And I mean, some big old thing, you know. So the chicken's out there, and they put it under a five-gallon bucket. You know, <laughs> and so <laughs> the dogs pointing quail, you know, close by. So we got there. One of them, he was going to kick the bucket. And well, of course, chicken went fly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so chicken's just out there pecking along, running along the ground. And they get after him. Like, There's the prize bird. You know, you need to. So a couple of them shooting at it, missing it, like, you know, on purpose. So this guy, he goes, you know, he runs up there. He's going to get $50. He blows that chicken away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so then they told him it was some protected bird, you know. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty good. That's so. like that's like Jordan's uh, the turkey. turkey. The story. ghost of Gilchrist uh, Pass. That went too far. <laughs> that went too far. On but, that light. Can we go ahead and tell a story? Oh, man, you got to tell that one. Because that, that is literally right in there with that. And that's a good one. So Matt Light is taking a buddy to Florida turkey hunt. Guy's never hunted before in his life. Never shot a shotgun before in his life. And he's taking them down there to turkey hunt. And uh, they start pumping them up about the turkey, this big albino Osceola. And they called it the ghost of Gilchrist Pass. And uh, so Matt starts telling them how you turkey hunt and how you're supposed to walk once you see the turkey, how you're <laughs> supposed to walk to him. And he bowed up like he was a turkey. And walked to him, and the other funny thing was, is he gave him a uh, a crow call, and had showed him how to blow it, but not the right way. <laughs> it's like if you, if, it's like if you blow your turkey call as loud as you can, trying to make an elk call. That's what he showed him. It's like, ah! it's like a duck call. Yeah, it sounds like bad. a crow call. Yeah, like a duck call. So, cut to the to the the good part of it. They find this bird because Matt bought the ghost of Gilchrist Pass from a farmer up the road. <laughs> and it was sitting out there with some scratch corn. And he ended up shooting and missing the bird from 10 yards. And then got close and Matt got him closer. And the bird just like, well, what's going on? And he shot and killed that bird. And they cooked it up that night and ate it. And, man, this this guy thought he was the king. He, he just... Everyone told him he just killed the biggest Osceola ever, albino. It was like a 42-pound <laughs> bird. <laughs> and he, the thing is, is Matt doesn't just let it go at that. He lets this go on for a year. And Matt calls his brother, tells him what happened, and had his brother call this guy like he, he was writing a newspaper article on him. And then Matt had a magazine printed out with him on the front of it. <laughs> and he goes, Thank God that he never opened the magazine and read the stories because Matt wrote all the stories inside the magazine. And one of them, I think, was like, why you should hunt deer in women's underwear. <laughs> and he's making all this up. Well, a year goes by and at Matt's banquet, he pulls him up on stage to auction off another turkey hunt. And this footage starts being shown on there. And this guy's yelling to the crowd, getting them pumped up. He was signing autographs earlier of all those magazines. <laughs> and he's, he's, he, Matt's trying to talk about the hunt. And the guy, 
couple drinks in them. But the guy steals the microphone from Matt. And there's 600 people there. And he's <laughs> oh, yelling, I'm the greatest turkey hunter ever. <laughs> Matt liked turkey hunt his whole life. He's never killed a 42-pound Osceola. <laughs> White one, anyway. And then as he's finishing that last sentence, he everyone starts laughing because the footage of Matt picking the bird up in a cage from the farmer starts showing on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's our white bird story. He let it go on for a year, and that guy, man, he was telling everybody he's the greatest turkey hunter ever. Yeah, that's one of the best things about hunting is the 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 camaraderie that you get with people. You know, getting to be around folks and do stuff together and spend that time, kind of grow your relationships, even crazy ones like that, and where you probably want to kill somebody, but you know, you have to get over it, and move on, but. Uh, man, I doing this since '94. I've seen some, I've seen some great things. I met some good people, outstanding people. Uh, I've seen some amazing business deals take place. You know, just getting getting guys off one on one. I just I've seen some great relationships between fathers and sons. You know that uh, I know. They didn't have that before they came here, you know. And uh, you could tell when they left that they were better together, you know. Uh, it's just amazing. That's that's the whole point of forget about that cell phone, forget about them, all them gadgets and stuff. Go hunting and enjoy what God gives us, you know. Yeah, have fun. Beautiful. Doing it. Have right. fun doing it. Yeah. I mean, I've witnessed it myself right here. It's uh. It's a magical place. So, yeah, we've had a group of guys from Pennsylvania come down hunting, two, three years in a row, and uh, not just only them, but other groups. We have a storm or something come through, or Christmas, Easter, they'll call, text, "Hey, how are you doing? How's the family? Mm-hmm. You know, y'all got any good deer on camera? Stuff like that. Just you know, wanting to check in, and they're good people. We have yeah. good people come." Yeah, yeah. Piney Woods has a good return clientele. You know, just it's uh, it's just a good place to hunt. You know, as as far as just being relaxed and just being normal. You know, there's not a, a bunch. Nobody's killing you about the rules and this and that and the other. And it's just come on in, let's fellowship and have a good time. I, I've I've built some of the deepest connections I've had with people over hunting and, and just being out on the land in the woods and made my best friends that way I, I'll spend more time I have literally met people that have become lifelong friends walking back to my truck and then they're like hey man I just shot a deer can you, can you help me come find it I have no idea who you are sure mm-hmm. in fact I'll tell you a, a funny story is I was hunting with my neighbor in Kentucky and that's actually where I got that that idea from and he's like, I got to introduce you to my buddy Galen. I've been hunting with him for a while. Great guy. I'm like, yeah, man, I'd love to meet him. He's like, well, you know, they're always hunting here. We're hunting there. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I had taken the first week of deer season off uh, from work to go hunt that year. And I was sitting. And right just before sunset, I hear, boom, from the next train area over. I was like, oh, somebody got him one. So I go walking out of the woods. And uh, 
as I'm getting out to my truck, he's coming out to his truck. And I said, you get one? He goes, man, I shot a doe, but I, I can't find her. I was like, well, you need some help? He's like, well, my buddy's coming over here to help me find it here. He'll be here in a minute. I was like, oh, I, I can help you look for her until he gets here. He's like, do you mind? I was like, no, man, I don't care. So I go and I put my gun back in my truck because now I'm going into a training area where I don't have a permit to be in. So I left my gun in the truck and I went over there to help him find his deer. And as we're walking out there, his buddy calls him. And he says, yeah, you can just park next to that black Chevrolet over there. And he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. He turns to me, he goes, is your name Will? I said, yeah, he goes, I'm Galen. My our buddy, our mutual friend Brandon was the one's buddy that was coming to help him find the deer. <laughs> so I I didn't know the guy from Adam, but you just run into people out there, and we became lifelong friends over that. We hunted for several years together up there, and I've, I've run into people coming. I'm going out for an early morning. They've been sit or early evening sitting. They've been sitting most of the morning, standing there for ten minutes on a trail on public land talking to somebody. Got something in common. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you threw that That's out there. Right. That's right. <laughs> I can tell you some stories about some common men that's been here <laughs> over the years. You'll have some at the end of this season, too. Oh, my gosh. Man. Yeah. We're going to have fun. So, so, Keith, tell me some of your favorite stories coming off this place. Lord of mercy. Um, I have seen, I have seen some stuff. Man. We could do a whole podcast on those things. I've seen some crazy guys coming in here. and It's funny, uh, the different personalities of people. People people like you're talking about that hunt together probably would never cross paths, but hunting brings them together because they're so different. Their personalities are so different. They probably kill one another if they got locked in a room, you know, because they drive one another nuts. But something about hunting – they're able to do it. Uh, I mean, there's some, there's, I think of a couple of them. I'm like, man, I can't tell that story. Yeah, that's what I, <laughs> I, that I was sitting here thinking about, you know, I got a, I got a couple oh, of them Oh, we too. got a couple of good ones. It, uh, can't even tell. But I'll tell you, yeah. Uh, i tell you a funny one one time. Um, this guy from Tennessee, uh, he brought a couple guys down. And uh, it was his client's. Put them all in stands. I think it was four of them, including the guy that brought everybody. And uh, it was opening weekend. And uh, this one guy that uh, was in the stand, they all had sh- they all shot deer that morning. They all killed deer. So the guy that brought them, me and him go over to, to pick up one of his clients. We get over to the stand. And uh, I heard him shoot two or three times, you know. So get over there, and he's standing in the ladder stand, standing up on it. He is some kind of excited. And he got his hands in the air, you know, like uh, like he's got a rack, you know, big rack he's holding up, you know. Shot a big old buck. Okay. All right. So uh, I always try to get them to – a lot of people, when they kill something, I've noticed – they don't necessarily know where it was if they get down out of the stand, so I try to get them to stay in the stand, kind of point me in a direction. We go try to find some blood or find, the, you know, where the animal is. So me and the guy that brought him, we walk out there and uh, get out there. There's a deer laying there, a doe, laying on the ground. It's like, found your deer. It's about 75 yards from the stand. 
Guy gets down, he comes over there, he's just happy as he can be. Wide open. Comes over there, he looks at that deer. He says, that ain't my deer. And I kind of start chuckling because I think he's kidding, you know. Oh, man, you could tell that went all over him when I started chuckling. <laughs> Smeared him up. Oh, yeah. He's like, that ain't my deer. And I mean, it's 75 yards from the stand right where you said it was. <laughs> and so I don't know what to say. I mean, I ain't been in the business but two or three years. So the guy that brought him, he looks at him and he says, well, who in the blank <laughs> do you think killed this deer? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, but that ain't my deer. <laughs> and so they getting into it, you know, and I'm like, dude, this the deer is laying right where you said. How could it not be your deer? Somehow or another, he saw a big old buck, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, it, this went on, and I'm telling you, the whole weekend he was here, he would not accept the fact that that was the deer he shot. I don't know if it was a bush behind the deer he's looking at that looked like a rack. I don't know if a buck's standing out there and he shot the wrong deer, but I'm going to tell you, that guy wasn't having it, that that wasn't his deer. So uh, it went on, and it was a big old joke the whole weekend. And uh, it kind of got to where after a while it wasn't funny no more. You know, it's like, come on, man, you know, you got to admit <laughs> Yeah, this is your deer, you know, you have to admit it, but boy, he wasn't having it. So, we got, they stuff like that all the time. I mean, it's some crazy stuff. One of the things I like about guide, <laughs> like about guiding here at Piney Woods, we got this joke that, you know, hunters will come in and <clears throat> we'll make up a nickname for them because we can't remember their names, you know, so we get back here at the lodge and we, you know, make a nickname up for You're going to get a nickname. You're going to get a nickname if you show up here. You know, you're going to do something. Something that's going to make a nickname, you know. And the rest of the time you hear it, that's, that's your name, you know. Cause, you know, you get, a, you get four, six, eight people in here. You can't remember their names. Right. You know, so we always come up with a nickname between us, and that's how we refer to them. Is. So I've been part of a few of those those hunts where guys shot deer and walk up on it and like, that ain't my deer. You have? Oh, yeah. I thought that only happened. Oh, no, two years in a row. What is wrong with people? Well, he was kind of getting old, I guess, and losing his eyesight. He might hear this, so <laughs> I guess that's that was the excuse. But it was during rut, and a big buck ran by him, and that doe turned around and came back, and so he shot the next deer that stepped out, <laughs> and it was a four point. <laughs> and he, and what was funny is he texted us all, "Big buck down, boys," <laughs> and we go up, walk up on that deer, and he he looks at Troy and says, "Troy, did you shoot a deer?" And I was like, "No, Troy didn't shoot a deer. We just..." trailed this blood from your blind to here <laughs> this is your deer but my uh, my uncle cleaned a hog one time put it in the back of my truck and i didn't find it for a few days because we were driving my wife's vehicle and so my prank to get him back when we got done hunting the next day or family event whatever it was he left his boots out in the garage and i filled a deep freezer full of water and stuck his boots in there and mm. sunk them down in there and froze I knew he had to go somewhere the next day. I didn't know he had a 7 o'clock a.m. flight. <laughs> <laughs> so he tried to, and that's the only pair of boots he had on him. He flew down here, and he's trying to bust ice out to get his shoes so he'd go catch his flight. <laughs> Just the 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 pranks and the things you guys, we get to do in camp, man, that's, that's a lot of fun. Some of it we can't share, but. I got a funny one I can tell you. This, this uh, group was here from. 
I don't remember, somewhere in Carolina. They were down here. And I had, uh, this was back uh, in the 90s. I was younger. I run a lot more hunters in. I had a Suburban. I had eight or 10 or 12 hunters at the time, you know. So uh, I got a Suburban full of guys, taking them, putting them in the woods. It's cold. So we get up to the track that we had. And uh, this one guy, he said he got to go to the bathroom. You know, he's got to drop a deuce. So, okay. That's not uncommon. So, it's cold. So, we stop there, kind of in the area where he can. He gets out and goes over there. And Rickley comes back and gets in. And uh, heater's on, you know. Windows up. Rickley, it's like, man. One of them guys like, did you step in that? You know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they had to let the windows down, you know. And so, getting get to the stand, letting people out. Okay, this is your stand, this is your stand. Well, it got to his stand. He's like, nah, let somebody else go. Okay, so get to the next one. Nah, let somebody else go. Get down to it. He's the last guy in the suburban, you know. He's like, uh, hey, man, you got to take me back to the house. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know? He said, well, I pulled my coveralls down. I reckon I didn't get them out of the way. So <laughs> he, t- <laughs> he filled his coveralls up, and he didn't know it until he put them back on. <laughs> so, <laughs> He done put his coveralls back on. Now, mind you, <laughs> I got a Suburban. I can't even put him on the back. You know, if it was a truck, I could have made him get on the back. So we ride all 15, 20 minutes back to the house in the Suburban windows down. So my uncle had a hunting store back then, Johnny Boyd's. Anybody that's ever been up here knows about Johnny Boyd's general merchandise. So he sold hunting stuff. So I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? We've got to wash this guy's clothes. What, you know, so get back to the house. And I'm like, well, you want to go to wash the and wash out your stuff or what? You know, and he's like, no, I'm throwing this stuff away. Just take me to the store. We'll buy something. So I <laughs> took him down. He bought all new coveralls, stuff, throw this stuff away. So he, um, of course, he said, you can't tell nobody, you know. You better not tell any of those guys. Okay. No, all you- right. You got to. All right. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's in the truck with me, so we get back and pick everybody up. And uh, he's just like, you pick me up first, you know. So, okay, no problem. So I waited. We got everybody in the truck, started back to the house in the Suburban, got kind of quiet. I said, well, I figured out what that smell was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sasquatch there and I crapped in his coveralls. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, son. <laughs> he was known as Sasquatch the rest of the Oh, night, right? I tell you what. That joker. Well, at least it was his own crap. Yeah, right. Yes, sir. <laughs> South Carolina, they do deer drives in South Carolina. We talked about that last time. Britain. Britain's doing deer drive, had to go to the bathroom, didn't have nothing on him. He took his ball cap off and wiped with his hat. Oh, oh no. And he left it in the woods and came out and said, hey, boys, there's a hat in there. Don't pick it up. <laughs> Here we go to the afternoon hunt. Some kids walking out with a new hat on. <laughs> <laughs> a racing stripe, racing stripe hat. Oh man! And if you don't know, Britton is the co-host of Common Man Outdoors. You yeah. Know? If yeah. you find clothes in the woods, you better leave them there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I learned that at a young age too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I tell you, I think growing up, the most common thing I've seen used to play a prank in the hunting camp is a dead rattlesnake. Oh, that sucks. I can't stand those. <laughs> That's rattlesnake in the cooler crap. <laughs> no, I remember one time my dad had killed one on an afternoon hunt and took it back. This is back before we even had a TV at the hunting camp. All we had was a radio, and you played it from the truck with the windows down. 
and uh, he had took that rattlesnake, coiled it up, and stuck it right underneath the right there between just underneath the driver door of the truck, and he let his buddy Al get out of oh. the shower. And he says, hey, Al, go there and turn that radio on. You know, when you open up the door, the cab lights light up, lit the ground up. Whoa. There was a string of cuss words that still hangs in, in the atmosphere to this day come out of that man's mouth. I had a buddy kill one, put it in the cooler, had it out here, because everybody's going to look in the cooler. You know, and that was his joke. I'm going to break y'all and look it in my cooler, you know. Man, ain't nothing worse than opening that cooler and seeing that thing laying up in there. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's, that's taking it a little too far. My dad told me one time he killed one and stuck it back there in the back of the truck. He said, hey, go back here and get that firewood. I got some lining <laughs> on it in the back of the truck. I dropped the tailgate of that truck and that rattlesnake was laying there. Ooh, son. <laughs> All right, so Keith, tell me one of your most memorable hunting stories from being out here on the Piney Woods Hunting Lodge. Well, my most memorable, I got a son and I got a daughter. And uh, first time I took my son... Uh, well, not the first time I took him because they both went hunting with me before they could even before they could even hunt. They was with me. Uh, but the first deer that my son ever killed, I was sitting with him. First deer my daughter ever ever killed, I was sitting with her. And uh, I mean, that's your most memorable, you know. It just ain't nothing like it. Spending that time with with a family in the stand in a two man stand with them, you know. Now I got box stands that two or three people can sit in. It's a whole lot, whole lot nicer. And uh, that's just that's that's what it's all about. So I couldn't agree with you more, man. I I thought that if you if you turn around and ask me that question, if you'd asked me five years ago, I'd have told you the whole story about that thirteen point I shot and killed and dragged <laughs> so far. But now, last year was the first year I was able to actually kill a deer with my, my five-year-old son in the tree stand. Mm-hmm. And that was something else. Yeah, and it something ain't easy else. to get it done. <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> not. <laughs> he was, you know, I told, I told him, that, and I'm sitting there eating crackers out of his snack bag. And uh, <laughs> I know it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it. My wife done the same thing. She packed up all this stuff for him, and I'm like, she didn't ever do that for me before. Exactly. You <laughs> like you get to the stand, you open that thing up. Let's see what Mama brought. That's Mama right. Us, you know, we have Oreos, and little Debbie cakes. Oh, oh yeah, gosh, all of everything, it. Everything, man. And then Capri Suns mm-hmm. and I'm like, gosh. that's that's when you can tell you're not. It's all the stuff. I'm like, she wouldn't let you eat this at the house. Why don't you send it with me? I know. <laughs> Give him a Mountain Dew and the thing bag of candy. Just send him out the door. Yeah. <laughs> she's trying to break him out hunting thing he's like, yeah get him all sugared up so it didn't turn out like his daddy L- know, little does little does she know we go up to the hunting camp he's like dad can i have a mountain dew i'm like sure go ahead <laughs> have at it because i know he's going to be wired for about three hours and then he's done out solid cold just passed out but i had him in the tree stand and he i was eating his crackers and i told him i said rylan i said there's, I said, there's a deer standing down there. He said, a what? I said, shh, 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 shh. I said, there's a doe standing down there in the shade. So I think I'm going to shoot her. Where? I'm like, hey, boy, you got to whisper. Where's the deer at, Dad? I said, she's standing right there. She's about to step out in the sunshine real quick. And she stepped out, and I shot her. And uh, first thing he said to me was, Grandpa doesn't shoot does. I said, boy, your grandpa's done killed two does. You just weren't in a tree stand with him when he did it. <laughs> yeah. I bought my son a little 243 single barrel 
youth model. And uh, the hardest thing was getting a scope to go on it. So I got a shotgun scope. You know, a little shotgun scope. It's so funny. That's the same thing Ty shot. Yeah, yeah put that thing. on there for him. And uh, it done got down. It was it was uh, close to the end of the season. So took him to a plantation where uh, we had to kill a bunch of does. Uh, had doe tags on it for this plantation. Me and him sitting in this stand. And uh, these deer come walking out. And I'm telling you, I'm not lying. They were eight yards from the stand if they was, if they were one yard, you know. And, I mean, we're sitting in the stand that's probably ten feet off the ground or eight feet off the ground. I mean, and they're, like, looking dead at us. <laughs> you know what I'm like? We ain't going to get this done. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, you know, looking through a scope at something that close to you, you don't know whether he's looking at the ground or if he's looking at the deer. And I'm like, man. So they kind of run off, and they stop, and then they take on off, and one deer stands there. And I'm like, and I'm trying not to get him nervous. You know, I'm like, okay, son, if you think you can do it, do it. And I'm like, please get it done. Please do it. Come on. You can do it. He shoots that deer, dropped it right there. He's like, that wasn't nothing. I did that. <laughs> so... You know, first time I ever went with my daughter, she was shooting a 308 uh, Remington. And uh, I think she uh, teased him about that because he's shooting 243 his first time. She's shooting a 308, you know. So I don't know. That's just, you just can't beat that. That's just, that's what it's all about. You really can't. I, I, I've made more significant memories since I've been able to start carrying my son to the woods than I ever did. The memories I thought were significant prior to having children and being able to take them to the woods, they ain't nothing. Nothing compared to the memories. Just to going squirrel hunting and having him out there wandering around the woods with a squirrel hunt is, is something else. And to see how much he loves doing that, you know, it, it, it's something else, I tell you. I got another little story I'll tell you. Uh, don't want to take up the whole time, but so my daughter, you know, she uh, she got grown, got married. She she really she really wanted to do it herself. You know, she wanted to she wanted to go hunt. She wanted to spend the time. She wanted to do it. So um, she hunted hard for about two years, and she wanted to kill a really good deer. You know, and so she had a couple opportunities didn't work out, and uh, she had. Uh, she had her first child, a little girl, and so she was coming up to go hunting, and Mac's a little bitty thing, you know, so she brings Mac up, so I'm keeping Mac, Stephanie go hunting, so I'm fine with that. So she, come, she calls me one day, and she says, I'm coming up today, and uh, she said, I'm going to sit through lunch. We'll come and sit through lunch for a little while. Okay, that's fine. So we take off down to a food plot, me and her and Mackenzie, she's probably two. She's going to stay with me, so... We get down there and uh, come over the hill. This is a little patch of fifty place. Mm -hmm. This is buck. This is the buck field. This I can't tell you how many people killed their first buck in that spot. I mean that's that's the thing. So we get down there and we come up over a little hill looking. See this doe just bolt out of the field. All right, so you see down the lane. It's kind of can't see the whole field. Here goes this big rack right behind the doe. 
you know, it's January. So I'm talking about good rack. And uh, it's 11 o'clock. So I'm like, man, she's like, you think he'd come back? And I'm like, I don't know. He's after the dough. I don't know if the dough saw us. He ain't seen us. He ain't looking at nothing. So I'm, I'm thinking I'd go sit somewhere else, you know. She says, I'm going to sit here. Okay. So she gets in the stand. And uh, I come on back to the house, Mackenzie, and it's probably been a couple of hours, and I'm done, kind of forgot about it. I'm doing something else, you know, getting ready for hunters or something. She calls me. It's her, you know. So I answer the phone, and uh, she is shook up. I mean, boys quivering. And she says, I shot him. I shot him. Something like that, you know. Well, right off the bat, it just caught me off guard. Shot who? <laughs> what are you talking about? And I mean, she, I mean, her voice is all broke up. She's breathing hard. And she's, she says something else that I don't understand. And I'm like, oh, my God, somebody that walked in the field or what is going on, you know? And I'm like, calm down. Tell me what's going on. She said, I shot the buck. I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> you scared me to death. <laughs> She said, I shot him. I got him. I said, I said, okay, 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 okay. So I'm trying not to, you know, act crazy because here it's her moment, you know. So I'm like, okay, what is he down? Yeah, he's down. He's right there, right where I killed him. I said, are you sure? She said, yeah. She said, man, that doe come back in the field. He come back in after. She said, I watched him breed the doe. The doe run off, and he was standing there, and I shot and killed him. So, okay. So we go down there. There it is. About a hundred and thirty-five inch buck, you know. And I'm gonna tell you that youngin was as proud as she could ever be because she did it herself. She picked where she was going. She did it, you know. So, I mean, it's all about your kids. Everything, right? Isn't that the mm-hmm. same place your wife shot that big old buck and you was sleeping in the corner? Yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was another one that we. Man, you didn't have to tell anybody he was sleeping. Well, hey, I, I, I can tell you this: if I go with you to the stand and I got like at the high fence, it's your hunt. So I'll tell you: you wake me up when the deer comes out there, and I'll tell you if that's the deer. <laughs> if that's, I'll judge that deer. For me. <laughs> so my wife wanted me to go with her, and she wouldn't shoot no doe, you know. So she wanted to kill a good deer. So that was real memorable. We went down there, and we're sitting there in that stand. And we'd been in the stand a couple hours, and she she bumps me and wakes me up, you know. I'm taking a little nap. She says, there's a buck. Here comes one buck. Here comes another buck. Here comes another buck. Here comes another buck. Six rack bucks walk in the field, all of them about the same size, right out in the field, and I'm talking about there's another buck off in the woods. I mean, how many times you see seven, six or seven rack bucks? I'm talking about good rack bucks, you know. That just don't happen. They're crazy. I mean, they're running one another. They're doing this and that. And I'm thinking, Lord, this is going to be hard. She's like, which one do I shoot? Which one? I said, we're going to shoot the biggest one. So I picked out the biggest one, told her which one it was. She shot him, got him. A deer weighed 209 pounds. Two weeks. Yeah. But I'm like, how many times you see that? You know, so I tell you what, that little field down there you're talking about, 
that creek coming in the backside of it, that big old hill in there, it's a beautiful place, man. Yes, sir. It is. I mean, it's some big old deer down in there, too. And it's story after story like that, I can tell you about mm-hmm. that. I mean, it's the... I mean, when you get talking about memorable hunts, I mean, it's just like, gosh, they just there's so many of them. So, I digress. <laughs> I digress. All right, Professor. <laughs> Shane, what you got? Um, being in the being in the hunting industry now for for a couple of years, I've gotten to experience a lot of a lot of good hunts with some with some great people, and then growing up hunting with my brothers and my dad. And, my grandpa and all them it's uh it's hard to pick to pick one but probably my most memorable would be would be my brother's first bow kill which was just this past season last year and uh i think i was more excited than than he was and i was just filming him but that was that was probably the most memorable hunt to this day that i've had um but Growing up hunting and everything, like I said, I mean, turkey on deer hunting, everything like that, friends and family, and now going on trips and everything, we hunt with all kinds of great people. That probably, that probably topped everything. I mean, I get more excited for for kids, and, and I'm young, but watching watching kids and, and people, I get more excited watching other people How kill the year and a half fun. How old was he? He was... 16 15 16 um it was a year been, ago and you don't know if he's 15 or 16 yeah. he just turned <laughs> seven he's 16 uh but yeah i mean i i enjoy just being in the woods making memories and i mean as long as i'm in the tree stand i don't i don't care man you should have lied and said it was one of our hunts <laughs> well, i mean i'm Brent, right deer Brent's deer was fun too we were, we were in kentucky as uh, as Brenton said, he, he puts the emphasis on the uh, the K, but uh, that that was a fun hunt too, and that was last year, and that was the first, officially the first buck that I'd filmed, uh, shot on camera for for someone paying me to come come hunt on a trip, and that was pretty cool too, and I think that was Common Man Outdoors' first deer, if I believe it was uh, it, on, on film. That was some good footage too, man. Yeah, I didn't realize that hunt. you were the cameraman on that, you know, because I've talked about that a bunch, you know, that, that yeah. footage that you took. It was good. It's it's fun hunting with uh with them guys with with Jordan and Brenton. Um, and Brenton, Brenton's a funny guy, so we we got good tree stand jokes and everything, and we have a good time uh, in the stand. So yeah, I say, and, and Jordan, Jordan, he's uh he's a little more serious about hunting and then Brenton I would say um Brenton Brenton after he killed I think he slept in the next three days yeah I would have went out and shot a doe the next morning <laughs> I think yeah. George, I think Jordan's just an ass is what you're <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> he I don't think he meant serious in that way he, I think he just meant I made up with him I'm gonna go next day and yeah. okay. strike another one yeah, yeah Brenton was already sleeping because uh getting up at what, four in the morning three thirty four in the morning <laughs> Yeah, because we had to drive. Yeah. You know, three thirty. <laughs> Sitting in the stand an hour in the dark, hour and a half mm-hmm. for us, because we were the first ones to get dropped off at our stand, and sitting in the stand an hour and a half before before it got light was uh, it was it was interesting. I'll That's say. the beautiful thing about being on this side of it. I get in the stand and fall asleep now. Right. <laughs> hey, when that sun cracks and you see something, wake me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, that was, that was uh, my brother's first kill. That was, um, like I said, I was more excited than he was because my brother's very laid back. He didn't he didn't say much, show his emotions, but he was excited too. And and I about jumped out the stand. I was I was like, man, let's get down, let's get down. Like we gotta go. Cause actually, when we when we shot the deer, it it was getting late, and uh, we were actually supposed to get out the stand about 30 minutes before dark because we had to make it to family dinner. And uh, I think we shot that deer about five minutes before we were supposed to actually be at dinner. The question is, Is did you make it to dinner? No, we did not. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> we were not. <laughs> we, we got a little hearing from that, but it, it was worth it. It's worth it, yeah. <laughs> it was worth it. Um, but, yeah, it's, I've made a lot of, lot of memories, more than I ever have in the past two years um, filming than I have my whole life for sure, but that that's probably number one. So if you guys jump back a couple of weeks when we first had Jordan and Common Man Outdoors on, you can actually scroll down to the podcast description and see some of that film you're talking about yep. with the Kentucky hunt and stuff mm-hmm. like that because I linked it down there in the podcast description. But yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. I think you got a three minute hunt on Instagram too. Yeah, it? we've been we've been putting some three minute hunts up. Yeah, it's on social media. I've been putting them up on YouTube as well. Yeah, but even even the hog hunting stuff in, in Florida and and the gators and all that, it, it's been a fun time with those guys. The common man, it's it's wild for sure. <laughs> Anybody else want to throw in a memorable hunt out there? Uh, I got two I can talk of real quickly. Let's hear it. So, uh, this is a few years ago. My dad and I went hunting and uh we're on opposite sides of our property and i go to a stand where we call it the herd there'll be about 15 17 does come out every afternoon and behind them there'd be four or five good bucks and so i go just all anticipating seeing one of these good bucks and uh it's about 30 minutes before dark and i hear dad shoot and uh dad doesn't use his phone when he's in the stand he just Keeps it off, keeps it in his pocket. And I'm like, dang, they're, go- they're moving. I'm going to see something. Well, out comes three hogs and scare all my does off. And I'm just like, dang, my hunt's ruined. So my eyes just turn red with, with rage. So I just uh, get one hog and they go and make a lap around the field and stop and look at the corn again. And I get the second hog. They run off. So I called dad and I said, man, what'd you shoot? And Oh, I got an eight point, something we've been looking at on camera all year, something I, you know, wanted to shoot and uh, seen my two hogs, and man, I hate I shot this deer, I wanted to kill a hog, so, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so, uh, me and him fussed about what, uh, we wanted to kill each other's animals, and uh, we went and loaded them all up, and went to go see Keith and drop it off and have it all processed, that was one great hunt he and I had together and think back of a lot and uh other hunt me my dad and my uncle keith we were in the oat muggy swamp hog hunting and dad was going after the, uh, a trophy hog and um he he had missed one and a, a real nice one don't know how he missed it and uh, the next afternoon we went and i go to hunt with my uncle and we get up in this ladder stand and Man, we're on like a 2,500-acre plantation, and there's just hogs going through the woods just like a bunch of wild Indians. They are everywhere. 
And so I'm just, you know, I'm not six, eight years old. And I'm just shook up with all these animals around us. And I guess he sees that I'm nervous or whatever. And we're sitting in the stand and I'm taking it in. And uh, I see a bubble fall to the ground. I'm like, Uncle Keith, did you see that bubble? I don't know what it was. And we sit there and a few minutes later, another one falls to the ground. And Keith said, hey, you know what that is? I said, no, I ain't got a clue what's making them bubbles. He said, uh, we're in such and such kind of tree and uh, bubble frogs live in this tree. I ain't six, eight years old. I'm like, golly, there's bubble frogs in <laughs> South Georgia? <laughs> I see three or four more. And uh, finally, you know, evening goes by. We didn't see anything to shoot. And we get back. And, boy, I can't wait to get back to Dad. I'm like, Dad, we saw some bubbles fall from a tree from a bubble frog. <laughs> and Dad just looks at me like I got a third eye coming out of my forehead. He says, boy, what in the heck are you talking about? And uh, Uncle Keith said, oh, yeah, he saw some bubble frogs. And uh, finally, I think he spilt the beans. And I'm going to tell you, that's something we still laugh at today is those South Georgia bubble frogs. <laughs> you your mind off of oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's your new nickname. Bubble, bubble frog. <laughs> <laughs> bubble frog. All right. Hey, bubble frog. <laughs> bubble frog. What's for dinner? <laughs> so I got, I got one that's. I guess it was embarrassing at the time, but now it I, don't bother me. It was my first time I got invited to go to Michigan, and we go up there for a bow hunt. And I don't know if y'all have ever sat in a summit uh, climbing stand. I know you probably have, Jay. You oh, like, yes, sir. You like to climb a tree. I can't stay awake in them things. It's like a dang lazy boy it's like up a there. Refiner. So I'm snoring, sleeping, right? I wake up. My vision's kind of blurry, but I got a doe standing in front of me. And I love trying to shoot a doe on the first day so we have camp meet. So I stand up, pull back, smoke this doe 12 ringer. I mean, I was fired up about the shot. I was like, she ain't going far. And it was, you know how it's darker in the woods. It was legal shooting light, but it's still dark in the woods. And I'm in this timber, and it was somewhat dark. And I I text Terry saying, actually, no, I called him. <laughs> I called him and said, hey, man, I just smoked a doe. He goes, can you see I said, oh, yeah, I smoked her. And so he goes, well, just give it some time and get down. And he goes, it's only like 7 o'clock. I'm going to keep hunting. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. So I get down, and I go up, and where I thought I smoked this doe, 12-ringer, I shot her in the butt and hit that artery, and she died 20 yards from there, luckily. But that wasn't the problem. I walked up, and it was a button buck. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't take this heart shot yeah. a button buck. Oh, man, so I'm sitting there thinking – Dang, I just shot a button buck my first time being invited here. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't care because we ate him that night. But... Now he knew he was a Florida. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <he> <laughs> oh, man, how'd you have to bring that up? He knows I'm going <laughs> to shoot the first doe I see wherever I go. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I think, a Florida, hunter, I think a Florida hunter is better than a Michigan hunter. <laughs> I'm going to stand up. I'm going to represent FLA right now. You know? Y'all can't help it. Yeah, I get excited in the tree stand. When, if if a deer fires me up, I shoot it. <laughs> so I, I tell you, you talk about sleeping in one of those summits. I, I remember one morning we had been hunting hard for about four days, and we were hunting on Fort Campbell. And 
if you you can walk it, you can walk into the woods ninety minutes prior to sunrise. And if you aren't standing there ready to walk as soon as that that clock hits ninety minutes, you ain't getting where you want to hunt in some of those areas out there. So we were ready to go, truck parked, everything packed ready. You look at your watch, it says ninety minutes. Everybody starts walking. I'm tired. And that summit, like you said, is a great place to take a nap. And I mm. had passed out. I was like, well, I got another hour till sunrise. I'm just going to take a nap. Well, come about 8.30 is when I got woke up. Hear a deer coming. I wake up and I can, like, I got the fog in my eyes and I'm like, there's a deer. And I reach up, rub my eyes. And I'm like, oh, that's a buck. And I said, like, wait, rub my eyes again? I was like, oh, no, it's a little six point in the dough. I was like, yeah. I'm going back to sleep, lay back down, <laughs> pass right back out in that tree stand. Yeah, I didn't rub my eyes and get the eye boogers out till after I shot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there ain't nothing like waking up and there's a game out there in front it's of you. It's a deer stand. I there. mean, it's just it is good. Some of the best naps are in a tree stand. Yeah, good you can take a good one, can't you? Yes, sir. Unless you got your head and you got your head down and you and you open your eyes and you're you know twenty feet off the ground and you're like <laughs> you get that you know it's like oh I'm gonna die you know I've done it a bunch. Oh, I got it down to a science. I put that hunter safety system up high so I can't move but so far forward. Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah. I'm locked in. Hunter safety system. I ain't never wore one. <laughs> hey, I tell you, you talk about that. That is the most comfortable. Thing, harness I've ever put on is that hunter safety system and I started wearing one because I, I didn't grow up wearing one shame on me but you had to wear one if you got caught with that one on Fort Campbell you're getting a 30 day ban I'll be damned if I'm not going to hunt for a month mm-hmm. so I got a hunter safety system <laughs> I started wearing that and that is the most comfortable dang thing well, I, still, I still don't wear one and I, I fell out of a tree 25 feet and they had to airlift me out of the woods you know Cause it just, I mean, it, I was in bad shape. They put me in a coma. And Sounds something. like you can't fix stupid, Jake. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I promise you. Well, I promise you can't fix it. You ain't going to fix me. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't get in a tree without one now. And I don't like being up there without one. Yeah, I still don't wear I just I've just heard too many people fall out of them just on freak accidents. It's oh, just yeah. like I don't like reaping turkeys really i still do it but i don't like doing it i know too many people got dangerous yeah i mean it's like we was with the guy never mind i'm gonna tell a story all right (laughs) move it on i'm gonna tell that story about that whole thing right there you know that's the thing every time i get into like a climber or a lock on or something like that i'm i got that hunter safety system on now i've got ladder stands that i don't wear it in that you should i know you should and i feel i don't know i guess i feel too secure you got a family to go home to. I had, I know a guy up there that the middle bracket of his ladder stand busted out on him. Yeah. Fell down, broke both of his legs. Mm. That ain't no good. Mm-mm. Every year we hear crazy stories. Yeah, like that's right. That. That's why we got a lot of box stands, and that's one of the reasons I've gone to them over the years is for safety. Mm-hmm. And most so. of them we've built steps going up to. Yeah. yeah. Like stairs? Yeah. Got yeah. stairs. And, man, it's just – no point in taking a risk, you know, so. No, it's, it's not worth it. Of course, yeah, that, now now that I hunt with my son, I can't remember the last time I hunted out of a ladder stand. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm in anything now, the closest thing I come to hunting out of a ladder stand is hunting out of a quad pod without some hard walls on it. Yep. But I ain't got nothing to attach to there. But still, I mean, if I can fall through that double layer of screen netting he's got going on there, well, I had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> 
because that sucker's strung so tight you can't hardly. I'm I am fighting my big old behind to get to the bottom of that floor behind that dang screen <laughs> net. And my dad's got strung around that stuff. But most time now I'm hunting out of box stands or ground blinds, where so I get two people in there. Yeah. But yeah, no, you really should. I mean, it's, it's like wearing a seatbelt. Mm-hmm. And it's actually now as easy as wearing a seatbelt. The hunter safety system just snaps together. And that's it. There's no trying to i mean you adjust it once and it's done it's convenient too yeah convenient especially for when you're you know we do a lot of hunting out a lot lock-ons and ladders so it's nice to have that they got the two loops down by your waist and you can put that around the tree while you're hanging your stand and and all that it's got the pockets Mm -hmm. when most of them got pockets built in and everything depending on uh what model it is but i mean that's extra I actually you can never have, have enough pockets. I have two of them now. One I wear my one with the pockets because it's so daggum hot down here in the early season. I have one with pockets that I will wear when it's colder out, and the one that I have one that just is just the straps, mm-hmm. so there's less the coverage over my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of them. Well, I'm looking invest. I'm looking for investors on an idea I got, and it's a tree stand that says "dang, dang, dang," like your seatbelt in your truck. If y'all want to get in, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On trees, yeah, I don't know how well that sell, Jay. That'd I, mean, be all right. It'd be I get, good. I get the safety It'd mechanism there. Don't yeah, worry about it. <laughs> you have to make it industry standard, patent it, and trying to get it as an industry standard. <laughs> then right. that's where you make your money. <laughs> well, before we go ahead and give our, our our tip of the week, Keith, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some pricing and some hunts you got going on up here. Okay. Um, we do. Um, from opening a season till December thirty first, it's twelve fifty for a three day hunt per person. Uh, that includes your meals, lodging. Kill one buck, couple of does. You can kill a couple of hogs on that trip. From January the first to February the tenth, it's fifteen fifty for three days. You could do more in three days. It's not a problem. We just add to it. Uh, we got high fence hunts that start. Uh, thirty five hundred bucks. Uh, depends on what size deer you want to shoot on a lot of those. Hundred fifty inch deer, you know, hundred sixty, hundred seventy. It's all got a different price. So, um, and we got a another place that we can go to. Uh, it, uh, you kill buck and several does if you want. So if you're looking for some meat, you know, you got that opportunity. Kill a couple of bucks and some does, whatever what package you want to buy. We got bird hunting packages. Uh, got a dove dove fields, so if you want to do some dove hunting, those are pretty cheap. Something you can do per hunter, you know, like probably a hundred bucks a day on those. So we got a lot of different opportunities. Uh, it's all on the website. If you most people don't look at it, look at the price, and they just they get the phone call and want to know. I don't know how much it is, so it's not a problem. So just dial that number and give me a call, and we'll talk about it. So just remember, Piney Woods Hunting Lodge, you fall Alabama. That's the place to be. It is. Come so on. So what I just heard is you bring cash, he'll put you on the animal. <laughs> Whatever you want to kill, he'll find it for you. We're going to do our best. Mm-hmm. This hunting, you got to realize this hunting, but we're going to do our best, and you're going to know we – you're going to know we work for you when you come. We focus on you, you know, so uh, if you want to 
want to come and you want to sleep, you can come and you can sleep. If you want to sit here and watch TV and drink coffee, you know, I, I, some guys, they feel a little guilty. But I tell them, you know, I mean, this is your vacation. A lot of guys, it's the only vacation they take. So, I mean, uh, life's tough out there. You need a place to go and unwind. So, we're here to do whatever it is. We don't live by a schedule and, and we're hard on you about it. We want you to enjoy it. Some people come, they can't sit and stay in longer than 730. Some people come, won't sit all day. Don't matter to us, you know. We're here for you, so. I tell you, the meals themselves are worth it. We've ever had everything from some amazing steak last night to daggum cinnamon rolls the size of a softball this morning. <laughs> What's that dessert you made? It's just a chocolate trifle. Damn, that stuff right there is worth it. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had some we had some fried cube steak, deer cube steaks tonight, and I mean it was good. It, I, the food here is incredible. You know, it's incredible. It, it feels like uh, you're part of the family. Yep, that's exactly right. We've that's come in here and we've napped on the couch. <laughs> uh, we fished in the pond. And we ain't even here to we ain't even here to hunt. <laughs> We're just coming up here to have a good time and hang out and do a little fishing, man. And it's been it's been a wonderful weekend. Mm-hmm. Keith and I, I appreciate you hosting us up here. It's it's been great. Oh man, we enjoy it. Glad to have you. Y'all welcome anytime. Right on. He says that now. We'll see what happens when I don't move out. <laughs> <laughs> what I how, like how much you charge rent for that uh bunkhouse? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that air conditioning works good. Yeah. Joker, well, I think it? I think Jay likes that couch over and just hey, couch. I hadn't even slept in a bed over. I get on that leather couch, I get on there and go to sleep. Yeah, but the other thing about here AC unit. is, you know, early season you're probably hunting mornings and evenings. How many hours you want to sit? Yep. But midday, I mean, you can go do a dove shoot, go catch eight, nine, ten pound bass. I mean, there's just so much stuff to, here to do. That's Kind of included in all those packages you're it talking is. about. It is. Yep. It I mean, where else can you go? And people won't believe the quality of deer that you have here in, in this part of Alabama. But where else can you go and shoot a good deer, really good deer? And I mean, some's been up in the, the 170s and 80s. And then shoot some doves midday, catch some bass, you know, go kill a couple of hogs, smoke some does. I mean, yeah. the, pr- the price that you have it at. I mean, where else can you go and do that? Yeah, they can come back and eat so much damn food when you get done hunting that you won't go sleep right here on the floor. <laughs> you know? Don't worry, there's plenty of couches in here, though. You don't have to sleep on the floor. <laughs> you know, I just, my whole goal when I started this is I just wanted it to be like like going to grandma's, you know? I mean, that was the whole thing. So when you, you go to grandma's house, you, I mean, you didn't feel like you wanted to be anywhere else on this earth, you know? So. When you come here, we want you to, we want you, when you leave, we want you to miss it, you know. So, that's our, that's our whole thing. So, we're just regular. We're just common men. That's right. I like it. <laughs> it's a, it's a sweet home Alabama. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you, you've done a dang good job of giving it that homey feel. Yeah. And, and just, Too good. That's why we don't want to leave. Exactly. <laughs> Well, let's well, swing on into that into that tip of the week. All right, we're doing round table. Is that yeah. what we're doing, starting with me again? <laughs> yeah, you want to go first, Jordan? I'll go first. Uh, my tip for this podcast is going to be three things I think you should have in your backpack. 
at all times. Okay. They're going to go in order, too. One's going to be toilet paper. Oh. And that's why I tell all my camera guys, you can forget a camera, but don't forget toilet paper on us. (laughs) (laughs) Two more serious, uh, because I had a bad experience on one of my hunts, is some kind of orange ribbon, reflective tape, something when you're tracking a deer, you got your head down looking at blood. And I was tracking deer with my head down looking at blood, and I wasn't taping off trees to get back. And I got turned around, and I ended up walking north when I should have been headed south. And boy, was that a long night because, of course, the cell phone died. And then uh, three would be an extra release. Keep an extra release in your backpack So if you're a bow hunter. I can tell you that there's been a time when I wish I had all three of those things you just mentioned. I'm telling you, it's experience. Probably the best tip I can give you is enjoy your life. Take time to do those things because uh, there's going to come a day when it's all going to be over with. And I, I had a, I had a good friend that um, he worked at a plant, and he was a plant manager. He never took vacations. He was always felt like that he needed to be there. Wouldn't leave. Felt like he couldn't leave. And uh, he uh, got behind on some hay cutting. So me and my son went over to his house, and we were trying to help him catch up on hay cutting because he couldn't leave his house. Couldn't leave his job. And uh, we cut his hay field. He come home that afternoon, and I was going to have it cut and be gone before he got there. But by the time we got done, he pulls up, and uh, his wife and his two kids are in Tennessee on family vacation. He didn't go with them because he felt like he needed to be at work. All right, couldn't cut couldn't cut his own hay because he felt like he needed to be at work. And he comes walking up and he says, "Well, lost my job today. They fired me." He's like, "My wife and kids is on vacation." Tennessee and here y'all are doing this and I thought it was more important to be there found out they didn't really need me and uh that's a that's a gut check moment you know so what's important you know I'm not telling you to quit your job or nothing but I'm just telling you focus on those things that are important in life spend time with your family your kids and outdoors whatever it is but just remember all the rest of it, one day it ain't going to matter. So, that's my tip. Well, hell, I can't follow that. <laughs> that's a tough act to follow, yeah, isn't it? It is, man. I'll tell you right now. But I agree with him for sure. But I'll tell you, just get out in the woods. Whether it be here at the Piney Woods Hunting Lodge or in the, the closest public land you've got to you get out there and make a connection with the land and then share it with somebody. Cause I've said before conservation starts with you and it ends with the people you share your love for the great outdoors with. Our love for the great outdoors has to be passed down from generation to generation to generation. If we quit taking people out and showing them introducing them to the outdoors, they get, that, that camaraderie we have here tonight and we've had the last few days doesn't grab hold of them. We'll lose what you have here. Mm-hmm. It'll cease to exist. It'll become concrete. 
and that's something we have to fight for. All I've got to put in is, you know, hunting it and leasing 40 acres and dumping out 300 pounds of corn. Hunting is uh, a year-round thing, you know. Feed your deer, take care of your animals, you build those friendships. Uh, you get to watch your animals grow. Uh, you know, we have some deer that we've seen four, five, six years. You know, I could tell you how many, write down how many phones they had and, and what gender they all are. Uh, hunting it and if it's brown, it's down. Uh, you know, like I said, leasing 40 acres of land and filling it with corn. That's not hunting. Uh, hunting is conservation, taking care of your uh, land, preserving your land, and making it the best that it can be. You know, preparing for the future, planting uh, trees is something Keith does, I do. Uh, you know, every year we try and plant oak trees, fruit trees. I hate to call Keith old, but I don't think he'll get to see a, a, a white oak tree get to be 80 feet tall and drop acorns and kill a deer out from under it. But one day his grandson will. And uh, that's something that he can carry on and share with his kids in the future. Mm-hmm. I like it. Me too. Jay? Man, I don't know. I don't have anything. I feel the same way everybody here feels, you know. It's just toilet paper. Toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I got it stuck on my shoe. Little Debbie Snacks and toilet paper. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> snacks. Snacks are king, though. Because, I mean, snacks in turn making you have toilet paper, but. Cosmic brownies or oatmeal pies? <sighs> i tell you what, make a ham sandwich when it's good and cold out. About 9, 30, 10 o'clock, pull it out and eat it. No, I'll give you another tip. That's you good. talk about good and cold out. <laughs> I'm a Vienna sausage fan, okay? Oh, yeah. I bet you. Well, whatever you do, do not think you can take Vienna sausage to the tree when it's below 30 degrees and then <laughs> open that sucker up. and it, No, because when you do that, you pull it out of your bag, you're like, oh, yeah, it's Vienna sausage in jello. Mm-hmm. That's nasty. Mm. I'm not a fan <laughs> of drinking the juice. And when I open that can, that one more, I was like, I'm going to have you one in Vienna sausage. You know, I said, Nope. <laughs> Dumped them on the ground. I ain't eating that. <laughs> Put hair on your chest. Yeah, no, sir. No, sir. I took the rest of my snack bag and stuck it on the dashboard when I got back and turned the defrost on in the middle of the day. <laughs> um, no, they, they about summed it up. But like he said, um, you know, you got to enjoy every day because tomorrow's not promised and getting outside and enjoying God's creation. Um, and, and social media has kind of ruined that for a lot of younger people. I think, um, getting in the outdoor industry, just watching, you know, people kill these giant white tails and everything. And they feel like they have to do the same thing and, or it's not fun, but it's not about that. It's about, friendships and the memories you make and, and everything that gets goes along with with killing harvesting a deer turkey or whatever um and then bringing that food back to family or yourself or whatever putting it on the table and and feeding um that's about it for me well said well keith how can how can people find the the piney was hunting lodge that's a good question um pineywoodshuntinglodge.com there's links to the YouTube there's links to the Facebook uh, make sure you're looking at the one in Eufaula, Alabama that's the key so uh, 
We're often imitated and never duplicated. So there are other piney woods hunting lodges out there. It's kind of amazing, but just look up pineywoodshuntlodge.com and uh, you're in Ufall, Alabama. My phone number is 334-695-2932. It's on, it's everywhere. So uh, you call me and we'll get you right where you need to be. So we uh fixing to get kick off our hog hunts. Uh, we start those back in September. We'll do that the deer season gets here. Then we're doing deer hunts and we're doing uh, bird hunts. Some we're turkey some turkey hunts. Dove hunts. And then in the spring we're doing turkey hunts and we're doing hog hunts again in the spring. And uh, we take off uh, June, July, and August because it's hot as it's hot as a lit match in Alabama during that time. So uh, got people that want to go then too, but it's so it's so blooming hot we try to avoid it. So pretty much from uh, the second weekend in September till the last weekend in May, uh, we're running some kind of hunting fishing trip. So we'd love to have you. Book your turkey hunt so I can guide you. <laughs> Book your turkey hunts. That's what I want to guide. Turkey hunt. Turkey hunts. Yep. Shane, so. why don't you give your number out there for all them girls trying to get a hold of you now? Uh, what, what's his name down in Florida? You got his phone number? I don't have a phone. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, well Shane, if somebody wants you to come film their hunts, you're trying yeah. to get paid to do this nah, kind of slow stuff. Down. You know, yeah, My Instagram is Shane underscore Rudd, I think. They can, they can find me there, and I can decide whether or not if I want to respond to the, the DM. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sending my camera guy out for other work. I need him. He said he freelances. He didn't say I he know. works. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to stop freelancing. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, going, yeah. he's going to get him a new cell phone where he can start filming with it. Next That's week. it. What's it, Samsung? Samsung. Yeah. Yeah. S21 Ultra. I'm giving up all of my stuff. <laughs> I'm just getting that. I'll be set. Uh, Jordan, we've linked your stuff before. We'll go ahead and tell them again how they can find Common Man Outdoors. Common Man Outdoors uh, and YouTube. If you put Common Man Outdoors LLC, it pops right up. Um, and then social media is the same, Common Man Outdoors. Well, I'll even make it easier for you guys. I'll link all that stuff down there in the bottom of the podcast description. That way you don't even have to look for it other than just to scroll past that. And there'll be links down there if you want to come hunt up here at Piney Woods Lodge in Eufaula, Alabama. And enjoy some of this wonderful cooking and this beautiful property they got up here. It'll be right there for you. Love to have you. Keith, I appreciate you having us and joining us for a podcast this evening. It's been a, been a wonderful weekend. Man, we've enjoyed it. Y'all welcome back anytime. Cool. You better be careful. We're going to come back. <laughs> Oh, you can come back as much as you want. So what I got going on next weekend? Bring what that cash. Got next <laughs> I got that cash enough. with you. Ain't no problem. I got enough toothpaste to last me for a couple months, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, well, we'll be over cutting the grass at the thing. We'll be over working to stay here. It'll be fun, though. Uh, Won't bother me none. Well, until next week, we'll see y'all. <laughs>